Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Off of the Couch podcast. Maggie here. Today's interview is with Tina Adkison. She's a health coach who works with busy moms with a program that's appropriately called the Grace Program. Here's Tina Adkison. Well, I will start with my story then. So my story really started actually with my husband. So back in like 2007, 2008, um, my husband's in federal law enforcement. So he's in a very stressful job. Um, He came home one day and said that he had high blood pressure and he had to be put on medication. And he was in his early 30s. And so, yeah. And so I was like, I have been a personal trainer for a very long time. So I had still been a personal trainer. you know, I thought we were eating really healthy, like we did the whole weed and we did the, you know, you know, the typical thing that you did, let's say 15 years ago. And so um, when he came home, I was just like, Oh, my gosh, that really makes me nervous, because you're so young. And, you know, the doctor was like, it's hereditary, there's nothing you can do about it. And I was like, I'm gonna push back on this, I'm gonna see what we can do differently. So we actually started with the paleo diet and we started, I read the paleo solution by um, Lorraine Cordain Mm -hmm. and I think that was his first book. And so, um, you know, with my background and I have a background in psychology and biology. And so I understood a lot of what he was saying and I understood. So we just started very slowly. Like we started with breakfast. We took out, you know, our processed foods for breakfast that we thought were actually okay and just went with, eggs and really whole foods, simple foods. And then really started just like him walking at work instead of sitting behind his desk all the time or going to the gym, but not going full force, like not just going in and, you know, going crazy with it. He started just kind of very basic. And then we added on and I had two kids very small at the same time. So I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And I thought, gosh, I'm going to just do this with all of us because I'm, I don't have the patience as a mom to make four different meals. <laughs> so right. we're just going to do it as a family. So we started that within a month. His blood pressure was down to a very normal range. Um, wow. That was, yeah, so that was 15, well, actually more than 15 years ago. So probably about 17 years ago now. And it stayed that way. And we have moved uh, five times in that. He's been in more stressful positions. So we really worked on getting his inflammation under control, but finding out like what that actually really was for him. And I will tell you, it was very easy for him. And in that process, I thought I was doing really well. And then come to find out like I was that exhausted mom. I was tired by the end of the day. I was, my emotions were done. Like typical, I think of mom of young children and I was a stay at home mom. So it was very, it was a lot. And so then whenever I started doing this with him, I figured out like, oh man, you know, I really do react to a lot of different foods. So then I really started upping my protein gain and I, I wasn't hungry all throughout the day. Well, then I noticed it with my children. Like I remember, this is a funny story, but we left my kids with my brother and I told him, I said, hey, don't give them bread. They're going to like act like little gremlins if you give them bread. And he was like, okay, yeah, yeah, you're crazy. 
And I was like, I'm telling you, if you give them bread within 20 minutes, you're going to have one on the floor crying and the other one's going to be beating the other one up. So <laughs> we had gone on vacation and my brother called me and he was like, oh my gosh, your children are crazy. And I was like, yeah, honey, I was like, that's what happens when they eat because they don't eat like that. They did eat bread, but it wasn't just by itself. Like we always had sourdough bread and, you know, the whole thing like that. But he had given them a McDonald's, like, I think it was a McMuffin or something. And so then um, he took it away from them and then like threw the bread away. It was very hysterical. <laughs> but I told him, I said, you know, the same thing happens. And it's very interesting to watch as my children have grown up. Now one is in college and the other one is in high school. And the difference in my children, like in how they eat compared to like some of their friends at school and things like that. And my kids, thankfully, don't have a lot of anxiety issues. They don't have a lot of stomach issues. They don't have a lot of energy issues. And so I really equate that to keeping us on this whole foods, you know, we are pretty active family. Um, protein first is like in a staple in my house. If they come home and they want a snack, they have to have a protein first and they can have their snack with it. But that's been a set point from the very beginning of our journey with this. So that's, that's kind of really story. great. <laughs> I really wish I had known this when I, when my kids were young, because yeah, it was exhausting. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, back then I kind of had health as a value and everything, but we would go to the grocery store and we would get a donut <laughs> first so that they would be quiet while we were shopping. And yeah, what a mistake. So good for you that you got this figured out early and yeah and, uh, yeah yeah it was it was very interesting to do that and you know one of the things I did with my kids when they were younger is and, and of course my husband worked shift work and so I was the one going to the grocery store and things like that but I and this is all before really cell phones had come out with you know that you could do stuff on but I had made like a little chart and I had cut out from, well, actually I had them help me. I homeschooled my kids for a little while too. And so I tried to make everything an educational type thing. So I cut, had them help me cut out like pictures of lettuce and carrots and things like that. And so then we would go like on treasure hunts in the grocery store and they would have oh. to match like the word to what we were finding. And so it was very interactive in the grocery store. And then it's so funny too, like, I'm very conscious of what the ingredients are. And so my son still to this day at the age of 16, he wants to eat cereal. And I'm like, fine, mom approved cereal, buddy. It can only have this, this, and this. It cannot have any of the seed oils. It can't have this, it can't have that. And so we were at the grocery store one day and there was this sweet, sweet older lady. And she was like, what are you doing, buddy? And he was like, I'm finding a cereal that my mom will let me eat. And so she picked one up and she goes, oh, this is good for you. And he was like, oh, ma'am, I'm not allowed to eat this, this and this and this. And she goes, well, buddy, why? And he was like, well, unfortunately, they cause inflammation in your body. And so he like went into this whole story of it. That's great. Wow. Yeah. So it's. It's very interesting when you bring your children into it and instead of, and my children still ate goldfish, they still have cookies, they still have, they have the treats, but it wasn't a staple in our house. Yeah. And so I think that's very important that a treat is a treat. There is no guilt around it. Like if they go and have a cupcake, it's just a cupcake. There's no drama around the cupcake. And so we really work on that as well. But 
bringing them in and, and explaining to them why I don't want them to have those seed oils and all of those things that are in our processed food, it helps them to understand like this is not just because mom said no. Mom's not just being mean, you know, I, I really want to create this generational health, this legacy of health. And so that's why I really, to this day, even my 18 year old yesterday, I took her to lunch and she wanted a certain drink. And I said, well, you know, what do you think about that? And she goes, I think it's going to have too much sugar. I think it's going to make my stomach hurt. I don't think I'll do it. And so I just want them to be conscious of, you know, if they want it, of course, have it, but just know that you might have some consequences from it. It won't last forever you know, and you can mitigate those, but be aware of what's putting, you're putting in your body. Nice. Do they know the so. story of how their father had a high blood pressure? Do they? Yep. It, yep. We talk a lot about that. And, um, you know, unfortunately in our family, my dad had Alzheimer's and passed away from that. Mm -hmm. My um, father-in-law has high blood pressure, chronic and type two diabetes. And, my mother-in-law actually had cancer and by going really deep into um, eating a primal lifestyle, she really did turn her cancer diagnosis around and it's wow. like her cancer is gone. Wow. Yeah. And so, and she did have some help with medicine and things like that, but she was, you know, it was very interesting to listen to her when she was going through her chemo treatments and, you know, what they offered her to eat and to drink and, you know, it was a lot about comfort and she yeah. had a really hard time because she knew that those things, she's a scientist also. So she taught science in um, school for many years. And so she knows science. And so she was like, I know that sugar is going to not make this better. I don't want to drink this. I don't want to eat the cookies. I don't want to drink the sodas. And so she said it was very hard because that's the only thing they offered. So she would bring her little snacks with her and... <laughs> You know, and I do think that that her. helped. I think that that, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's, uh, I've oh. seen that too with the uh, oncology rooms. They have, you know, donuts and cookies and sugary snacks. and. Yeah. You know, and I get it too, because we, and you, you lose so much weight when you're doing those things and you don't eat, that's a big thing. And so I yeah. know that that's like in the back, I'm sure that's, you know, they want people to eat, they want to get the calories up. Yeah. It's just, there's a, there's another way to do it too. So. Nice. So you, now you help, uh, you have a business now and you help other mothers mm -hmm. or do you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, so my goal is to really and truly help those moms that were in that situation that I was in, you know, 10, 15 years ago, where, I mean, let's just say as a mom, you do things for most other people before you do them for yourself. And so yeah. then by the time that you figure out, oh, gosh, you know, here I am in my mid 40s, and I'm not happy with myself. I'm not happy with the way that I look. I don't feel good. I don't have any energy. Like, I also am a personal trainer too. And so I have a lot of clients in this range and, you know, I hear so often like, Oh, it's just too late for me. Just put me up on a shelf. I don't know why I'm even trying. And it just, it breaks my heart because it's goes so much further than how we look. Of course it goes so much further than how we feel like, you know, we're at an age, I'm at an age now where I'm fighting that I don't want to lose more muscle. I want to gain more muscle. I want to be yeah. heavier. I want my bones to be stronger. And so it's that flip of the switch of, 
my goal is to help people get their inflammation down so that their body releases the body fat. That's exactly what we need to do. If we have, and I, I tell it all the time, like a storm in our body, if we have a storm in our body of inflammation, you know, and cortisol levels and hormone levels are all out, all out of whack, your body is always so tensed up. It's so fighting with itself that it's not able to release that body fat. It, your body's going, I don't know what the heck to do. But if we can get that system to calm down, then the body fat will come off, your muscle gain will go up, you will feel better, you'll have more energy, you won't be having those hangry feelings, you won't go into the pantry because you're bored and eat things and then feel guilty for it. You know, and then also, you're not too old to learn anything like you can go into a gym and you can pick up some weights and, you know, and that's one of the things too, I hear people say, well, I can't even walk a mile. Cool. Can you walk a block? And then the next day you walk two blocks and the next day you walk three. Like I would never put somebody into a workout program like, oh, you've never stepped foot into a gym. Let's go to CrossFit. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, CrossFit is great. I love it and I do it all the time. But you have to like really and truly know where you are and start where you are. And that's what I try to encourage these moms to do is that, you know, and putting yourself first is not selfish. It's not, um, you're not taking away from your family. You're actually giving them a, the gift of yourself. So my program is called the grace program for a reason, because mm. it's all about giving yourself grace. Like we have to learn to learn to know what our body, like what we like to eat and what our body likes. We have to learn what exercises our body likes and what we like to do. If you don't like to lift weights, that's okay. There's other things that you can do. But if you force yourself to do something that you don't love, you're not going to stick with it. Right. You know? So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that we have to really and truly understand. And one of the big parts of my program is understanding our reason why. And I always tell people all the time, like my reason why I work out and I eat the way that I do is because when I'm 95 years old, I want to get off the potty by myself. <laughs> Oh, I'm, so yeah, I'm right with you on that. Yeah. And my mom got like stuck on a toilet on a vacation and it, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. You definitely want to keep those uh, leg muscles strong. <laughs> it was terrible. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we were still carrying the yes. guilt of not realizing that she was stuck. Yeah. And, um, and and it was because she didn't really understand the value of exercise and keeping that that strength. And right. yeah, absolutely. The earlier we start, <laughs> the better. I have the same right. goal. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and I, and you hear so many people too, and they're I think it's like once you hit 40 that everybody says, Oh, you're in premenopause. And I don't think that that's true. I think that's a story that we keep hearing by social media, by, you know, whatever it is. Like it's very inundated when you hit that certain age mark. And I think it really makes those parents, it makes those moms kind of think, well, great. I'm, you know, now here my kids are usually teenagers or so in this area. You know, you're battling with that. There's a lot that goes on with the little teen. And then you're also thinking, well, I'm done for. Like, what can I do now? It's too late. Kind of that's the consensus I get from a lot of moms. And that's not true. Like, that's just right. something that we've been told and we are starting to believe. So again, that's 
one of the reasons why we have to experiment. We have to take out that, I like to call it drama. Like that's just somebody's opinion. That's somebody's drama that they brought in that they're forcing onto us and helping us believe, but is it really true? So we have to get to the facts and then we kind of experiment with what works for you food wise, what works, works for you and your mindset and your mental health. Like, do you like to journal? Do you like to meditate? You know, there's no one right or wrong aspect of that. It's whatever you can work into your lifestyle that you can continue for years and years. That's, I think, one of the main reasons why it has worked so well for us is that we didn't go like all in, we started with breakfast. And then when mm -hmm. breakfast was good, we didn't really worry about lunch for a while. We worried about dinner because that was something. And I made it a point too, that we always ate dinner together as much as possible. Even when my husband was on um, shift work, if dinner wasn't possible, we'd have breakfast together. If breakfast and dinner weren't possible, we'd have lunch together, nice. you know? And so I think that that's, yeah. And I, you know, when you eat as a family, when you eat as a collective community, there there's just a camaraderie there you know and so like even as my teenagers my one rule is you never have a phone at the table you never have a phone while you're eating so eating is it is supposed to be something that you actually sit and enjoy the food that you eat and not just shovel it in so you know we work on that like can you do that at work? Can you take 30 minutes or 20 minutes to sit down and have a meal, maybe even outside and take a break from your work and just focus on the food that you're eating and nourishing your body and then go back to your, your work. Nice. So, I always talk about like, you know, small little changes make a huge impact down the road. Yeah. So if you can make those small, small changes time and time again, that's where that big impact is going to come into play. You know, and I love it whenever we go to a doctor's appointment and they're like, what are you on? And when we say nothing, they're like, what? <laughs> You're in your mid forties. How are you not on medication? And we're like, well, wow. let me tell you. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah. I think yeah. another thing that moms forget is, you know, they put, they put themselves last and it's all about their kids, but they don't always realize that, setting that example of putting their fitness and health first shows their kids how important it is and you know sets that good example for the kids versus you're setting an example of putting yourself last do you want them to model that do you want them to go into adulthood and do that you know it's it seems to um, keep being passed down with each generation and it would be a nice thing to get rid of you know that we all oh. take care of ourselves because you end up taking care of the parents at the end is if they haven't you know if they have put themselves last and put you first and and it doesn't it doesn't end well right I always say like, I think the microwave was the demise of our generation. <laughs> you know, it was almost like that's when, and I remember clearly before the microwave, like my grandmother would go out and pick things from the garden and bring it in and mm. we'd have a home cooked meal from one ingredient food. Wow. You know, it might be yeah. put together, but you know, I clearly remember when I was young and that microwave came in and it was like, there was casseroles thrown in and you had, you know, five or six ingredients with condensed soup. Everything was condensed soup in my family. <laughs> and so now I look at that and I said, you, I told my mom, I said, you know, mom, whenever you turn the can over and it plopped out of the, 
the can onto the, you know, whatever you're mixing it in. I was like, I always thought that was strange. And so, yeah. you know, now it's very, you know, I just think, I think we were, we were starting to get into that, that very fast paced. We have to do more things in a shorter amount of time. And the microwave was really and truly a godsend for that. And it just became like, we just kept stepping over ourselves into that. Then it became, you know, so many processed meals. And, and I think that we got into that. And then the fast food joints, like I remember as a kid, we did not eat fast food very often, but nowadays, oh my goodness, it's on every corner, literally. And it's, yeah, you know, it's a fight not to have that fast food brought in all the time. So I think, you know, we are, we are such a fast paced society that it is hard sometimes to take that time and, you know, think about what single ingredient foods and how you can put them together to make a very simple meal. You know, nothing has to be really exaggerated to have a really nice meal at dinner time. And so I think that if we can get back to that, we can create that generational health instead of, unfortunately, a generation of sickness. Well, that's a really good point about the microwave, because I think that's when we went from maybe making a sauce and cooking the meat in the oven and planting the side dishes to, oh, I can make dinner in six minutes <laughs> and lunch in exactly. a minute and a half or two minutes, you know, and we stand in front of the microwave, you know, uh, thinking it's taking too long where we used to, it used to be a slow process. Yeah, that is a really right. Good and it used to, I think, be more of a, yeah, and it used to be a family affair. Like I, I remember helping my mom in the kitchen. I remember helping, and I'm definitely my grandmother had told me one time that a messy cook is a good cook, and I, I'll obviously took that very literally because my kitchen is always a disaster when I cook. But <laughs> it also makes me feel good because it's like, yeah. you know, I, I really slaved on this, and so yeah. We used to have a rule in my house. If I cooked, then my husband cleaned. And then he was like, oh, no, I can't do that anymore. You're too messy. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I think that's a good sign, though. Yeah, that's great. Agreed. Yeah. All yeah. right. I, I made a note, too, that you when you work with people, you don't focus. You don't have them focus on their weight. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I think that the scale, you know, I think it's a great tool to use. And I think just like measurements are a really great tool to use. I think that, you know, if we can do measurements and we can take the scale and maybe do it once a month, I think those are good measurements to use to see if we're going in the direction that we want to go in. But I also want to keep focus on how do you feel? Like when you eat a meal, and I tell my clients often, like we really do, I want you to eat a meal and then three hours later, how do you feel? Are you full? Do you feel like you're still hungry? Do you feel bloated? Like what is the feelings that you're having in your body? And a lot of that becomes that intuit intuition. Like, okay, I, so for instance, my daughter has some gluten sensitivity. And so she knows if she eats bread, she's going to feel bloated. She's going to feel a little bit not herself. And so last night actually was one of the first nights she went on campus to eat dinner and she's not ever had tofu before, which was really funny. So she said, mom, it was so depressing. <laughs> and she said, and it was funny because I thought, oh, maybe this will actually be a good source of protein for me. And so then about 
it was probably about two hours later, she wrote me and she said, mom, I'm going to have to drink a kombucha. My stomach is really, um, it's not happy. It's very bloated. And I said, okay, well, what did you find out? And she goes, well, that's the only thing different that I ate that I don't normally eat. So I just don't think that that's going to be something for me. And I was like, okay. I said, well, you know, give it a week or so and maybe try it again and see if you have the same reaction and then you'll know. And so that's the other thing that I want people to not just discredit something in the very beginning. Like, for instance, a lot of people ask me about legumes or beans. I, I don't like them personally, and they don't like me. But that doesn't mean that it's that way for every person. Right. So maybe you can eat them, and maybe there's certain ones that you can eat that don't cause inflammation in your system. But we don't know that until we really experiment with that. And that could be taking them completely out for a week, trying them, see if your body has a reaction. Same thing with dairy. There's a lot of people that can't do dairy, but on the flip side of that, there's a lot of people that can do dairy. So same thing, yeah. we have to kind of take it out for a, a short period of time, add it back in so that we can feel what's feeling in the body. Is, you know, do your joints hurt? Does anything feel different? Does your knee ache very, you know, differently than it does on a normal day? you know, that kind of thing. Are you bloated? Does your skin have an issue? And so I think a lot of times we hear things, and this is kind of what I talk about, like the drama, like we hear, oh, you know, milk is bad for you. Well, mm -hmm. it might be, it might not be. So we have to do our own experiment to find out what is the truth? What is my truth? And so that's what I really like to focus on instead of the scale and the measurements. Of course, those are great tools. But it's more of how do you feel in your body? How do you feel in your like in your emotions? Did any of the food bring up like anxiety or anger or any of that kind of thing? You know, food is very it's a huge part of our life. And so we have to be able to, you know, mitigate some of those negative aspects of it. Focus on the positives. Nice. Yeah, I think it also could depend on how it was prepared too. Like, um, you know, um, some people might be able to tolerate beans if they're soaked longer and pressure cooked versus, and same with dairy, if it's maybe yogurt or um, cottage cheese fermented versus black or white, all dairy, no dairy. Yeah, there might exactly. be. Exactly, um, exactly. You yeah. know, and I think that's the other thing that we get into, you know, kind of same thing as a mom, as a busy mom, is that we're trying to prepare things as fast as possible and taking that extra step to, I love my pressure cooker, but taking mm. that extra step to soak those beans and things like that. Like, how do you fit that into your day? You know, maybe yeah. that's something that you do on the weekend and we meal prep a little bit so that you've got some extra time, you know, and maybe that's something that you just don't want to worry about for right now. You know, that's yeah. where that lifestyle component comes in. You know, and I think that that's a big, a big part of it is that um, one thing I'm not really big on is I don't prepare meal plans for my clients because I feel mm. like, again, a lot of people think food is good or bad. They kind of put it in a category. I put it into a category of supportive or unsupportive, whereas like, you know, some people love salmon. Some people don't like salmon whatsoever. So they have that connotation of, you know, salmon is bad. Well, it's not bad. It's actually very good for you, but you just don't like it. So you can put that in your unsupportive category. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, and on, on the flip side, a donut is really good, but it's unsupportive for you. So, yeah. you know, one every once in a while is not going to kill you. But, you know, 
we don't want to use them every single day. So that's where that lifestyle of, you know, what foods do I like? What foods can I fix? What foods will my family eat? Because no mother wants to make for three or four meals a day. That's exhausting. And it's not yeah. fair for the mom to do that. So if you can find things that your children will eat. And, you know, one of the other things that I, I think we do, and I did as a parent until I finally learned this was, you know, one of the things we talk about is portion size and, you know, a common portion is like the size of your palm for protein, you know, the size of your fist for a fibrous carb and then handfuls mm -hmm. of vegetables. Well, when my children were really young, I used to get upset with them because they would not eat their protein sources and they would leave a lot on their plate. And I'm like, goodness, I thought you were hungry. And so then I got to thinking about that portion size and I started looking at their little bitty hands and I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, like I'm giving them my portion size, okay. not their portion size. And so I tried to keep that in the back of my head whenever they were younger and as they grew and it does, like if you kind of think back about how your children grow, you're like, oh my gosh, they were eating me out of house at home. Well, my son yeah. right now is 16 and he's yeah. very tall and working out and I look at his hands and they're way bigger than mine. So I'm like, yeah. okay, this makes a lot more sense now. So that does make sense. Yeah, and you use some apps. Do you encourage your... Um clients to use apps, I think I read. Yeah, so probably the one that I use the most is chronometer, which is just one that you can put like your, you know, your protein, your carbs and your um, fats in. I don't use it as a calorie counter whatsoever. Excuse me. That's okay. Dogs have to dogs have to go bark. Anyhow, and so yeah, I use the uh, chronometer chronometer for just, you know, kind of getting a baseline. I am not a big calorie counter. And I'm also not a macro counter for most moms. Again, we just don't have that time. Yeah. I do encourage it. Like we work together on doing it for a week, usually to see where our baseline is. Like, mm -hmm. let's just see in a day, you know, in a five day period of time, what are you getting for protein? What are you getting for carbs? And what are you getting for your fats? And then we can make adjustments. That's again, part of the experiment. And so, you know, I would encourage people to do that maybe once every six months or once every year, just to see. And the other thing is that when you start, like if you weigh your food, you can figure out what does 30 grams of protein look like in a meal or 40 grams in a meal? Like, what does that actually look like in food? So that when you eyeball it, you have a better chance of hitting those, you know, protein portions that we want to hit. Nice, and the yeah. other apps, yeah, I don't really have too many other apps that I would say are, um, that I recommend or that I use very often. Um, I'm a big paper person. I'm still in that school of like when you journal, I like to write it out with pen mm -hmm. and paper. Um, I'm a to-do list person and I like to write that off and check it off with paper mm -hmm. and pen. I just feel like it's more, I don't know, more power when you take that check mark in the pen than clicking a button. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, if there's an app out there that works for people, absolutely use it. Again, it's fitting it into your lifestyle. Nice. Yeah. And I saw you had a post on hydration. What do you tell people as far as that? Yeah. Goes? So, 
Um, you know, I'm a big one of drinking, um, you know, water, obviously, throughout the day. I don't think that you need to drink a gallon a day. I'm a big proponent of drinking electrolytes. My favorite is um, Elements from, okay. well, Elementes. Mm -hmm. um, I love them. My children drink them. Um, usually have one a day is what I would have, um, usually during a workout. Um but yeah, you know, the water, I, I think you need to drink to thirst. And that's, I was just telling a client yesterday because she said, man, I'm having such a hard time drinking water. And she's at home working and sitting at her desk. And I said, you know, the funny thing yesterday, I said, I have a corkle wine glass. And I don't drink wine very often. And I said, oh my gosh, I never use this thing. And so it's a cute little green one. And so I kept filling it up with water yesterday because I was like, oh, it keeps it so cold. And then I said, mm. I would drink it. And then I would go, oh man, I'm out. And I'd have to get up and walk to the fridge and go get more water. And so she said, oh my gosh, that's so smart because I sit at my desk all day and I hardly get up because I get inundated in a task. She goes, I think if I would do something like that, it would help with two things. I would drink more water because it's a cute little cup. And then I would get up and walk around a little bit. So I'm always trying to think of things that are going to make me walk more, get up from my desk more, you know, move more throughout the day, drink more water. Um, but I, I think you need to do it on thirst as well. So and I also believe that if you drink coffee, count that as part of your water. You know, it's still a liquid coming into you. But don't okay. drink coffee all day long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you, or then we'll get into the whole sleep uh, problem. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, what, uh, where can people find you? And what kind so of programs do you have coming up? Yeah, so I have um, an ongoing one-on-one -on -one coaching program, um, again, called the Grace Program. I really like to work with people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I think we just really dive into the experimenting part of this. And so um, you can email me at info at tinasprimallife.com on that one. Um, I'm on Instagram at it's Tina Atkinson. Um, Gosh, and I have a Facebook group, too. It's not real active right now, um, but you can even find me just on Facebook at um, Tina Atkinson or Tina's Primal Life is my business page. Um, yeah, but probably Instagram is the easiest. Okay, great. And uh, any final words before I turn off the recording? Um, you know, I would just say to you know, people that are listening that are starting this lifestyle, that it's definitely a lifestyle. And, you know, I think just like as we watch our children or we watch puppies or whatever it is, as they're learning, we need to give ourselves grace to learn as well, you know, and not be hard on ourselves and, and not bring all that drama into it. Use it as an experiment and try something, try it a couple times, see how it works. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. You know, I like to say that instead of it's never failure, it's always learning. And so if you kind of have that aspect of that, I'm learning and moving forward, you, you're not going to fail. There is no failure in that. There's no falling off the wagon or anything like that. You're just experimenting and learning from that, just like our kids do whenever they learn to walk and they fall down, they get back up or whatever it might be. Oh, great advice.
So much good advice. If you're a mom or if you know anyone raising kids, you might want to share this episode. Find Tina at Tina's Primal Life, and it's Tina Atkison, and that is A-D-K-I-S-O-N. Thank you so much for listening to the Off of the Couch podcast. You can find me at offofthecouch.com. Take a small step. See you next week.